Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas and Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Boy... Boy. Boy. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, this I've is like waiting. an anniversary for me. This is amazing. I love this. It's come full circle. Can you believe this? It's come full circle. That's right. So, yeah, you and Alan both joined on when we were doing God of War 2018 back uh, yes. a couple seasons ago. Yeah. That was my first episode. Can you I I can't believe we've come full circle. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's like an unofficial anniversary for me because it's tied to the first game that, you know, I talked about with you guys and Alan talked about with you guys and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I get to talk about it again." <laughs> I know. I know. And man, it has been 3 years. Uh not that long for me cuz we we played it maybe uh, I don't know, maybe a year after it came out. But even so, I've been mm-hmm. waiting forever for Ragnarok to come out, and it's finally here. And I'm just going to go out and say that it met every single one of my expectations, or has so far. I haven't beat the game yet, and so we actually will not be going into spoilers this episode, since this is technically a game launch review. Uh, we are going to... Hey, Nate. Yeah, we, we are, we are going to be keeping this part spoiler-free, but stay tuned because our holiday special part two of this episode is going to be full spoiler, and by then, I'm sure I'll have 100% of the game. Maybe be working through a new game plus. Knowing you, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Before we get into all that, what have you been playing lately, Megan, besides God of War Ragnarok? Um, so God of War Ragnarok has taken over my freaking life. Like, I shit you not, like, I shut out the world for three days, Alan and I, like, over the Thanksgiving break, like, we just, we just sat on the couch and played God of War. Um, but other than that, I've been, um, playing Andromeda, which I did post about, um, on TikTok, um. And then um, I played a little bit of Animal Crossing here and there. Um, haven't really been playing too much other things um, besides like a did another run of Stray because why not? Like that game is so freaking cute and I need some serotonin. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? Have you been playing anything interesting? Do I need to know about this? Oh my gosh. Is this going to be on next season? Hmm. Really nothing, to be honest. I mean, God of War, as since it's come out, has consumed my life as well. Uh, in preparation for our Stray episode this month, of course, I played plenty of that. And yes. I've been playing some Tetris on my phone. 
Hey, there you go. That's fun. I got a Kindle, so Alan has been uh, letting me like read to my heart's content. So that's that's really fun too. I've been I've been a nerd in all scopes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah. Not a whole lot other than that. I mean, really, I've just been kind of focusing on God of War, and then of course next month we are doing a Link Between Worlds. So I did start playing that, but I haven't gotten too far yet. Uh, I think after yeah, we no, record- this has consumed my life. <laughs> I think after we record this episode, I'll go full force with that. Maybe play some other Zelda games to kind of get into the Zelda month season. But I expect that God of War Ragnarok will be dominating uh, a lot of my game playing next month as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, like, guys, I, I can't even shit you. Like, you will forget the rest of the world exists as soon as you pick up the controller. It's like, it's like Kratos and his just absolute beast of a beard that he has is just sucking you in. <laughs> well, I guess let's go ahead and let's get into it. So, first impressions, Megan, what do you think about God of War Ragnarok? Um, so first things first, and I wanted to say this as soon as I picked up the controller and I watched some TikToks. Um, first off, thank you, Santa Monica. This is an incredible game. I'm not even a quarter of the way through it, and I'm blown away. Like, I don't even want to play it. It's so good because I don't want this experience to end. Like, it's been exhilarating and so much fun. And also, thank you so much to Christopher Judge for bringing so much life into Kratos. Um, he did recently do an interview where he said that this performance where if you don't know Christopher Judge he's also Teal'c in um Stargate yes. which I love him love 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 him um but he said that this exact performance was an apology and a love letter to his children and as a step parent um and I'm sure you feel this as well as a parent it 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 definitely you can feel like the the family kind of emotions um in in some of the conversations that they have and you can feel the love that Christopher Judge just absolutely pours into this character and i love this different life that he's giving to kratos because as y'all all know um i did play the original games i love 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 the originals um you know i mean the originals as in like you know when he slattered you know just absolutely killed the, the pantheon it's fine right. it's casual <laughs> i i've been following kratos the whole time so um i thank you so much to santa monica and to christopher judge for giving us just an amazing incredible experience and I really need everybody to get this game. Like, stat, I've been telling all my friends about it. I've been apologizing to all my friends and family because I haven't been talking to them. Like, Alan and I, it's just been us sitting on the couch just absolutely vegging out on God of War. <laughs> I gotta what say... What about you, first impressions? <laughs> yes. Um, from the first time that, that, that I bought the game and started playing it, I have not been able to put it down. Uh, like you, it has consumed my life. I am just so invested on the story of Kratos and Boy. Although, funny enough, he doesn't Boy. actually <laughs> call him Boy anymore, and he doesn't call him a mere head. Um, Kratos, after the events of the last game and, and three years of character development that uh, in between has actually grown quite a bit and he's, he's gotten a little soft <laughs> I, i've noticed yeah from the very opening minutes of the game he's more open with his feelings he has um just a, a better overall relationship with uh with atreus with mimir with the dwarves the the holdra brothers yeah. brock and Sindri. uh just all around he, he's just a phenomenally improved as a person. I feel like his just emotional maturity level has just 
has has spiked and I'm here for it. I'm here for a Kratos that is ready oh, to be yeah. a family man. I mean, if you look at his notes, you can even see this in more detail. Some of the notes that he writes about various yes. characters and events in the game uh, that you can read whenever you pause, you know, kind of give us insight into what he's thinking. And uh, I love it. I, I'm really, really happy yeah. to see. And, and Christopher Judge, man, has been putting his all into the performance. I know that he had got COVID during development of this, and it was because mm-hmm. of that that the game ended up being delayed quite a bit. But yeah, uh, he had long COVID, I think. Yeah, I'm happy he got over it, and I'm happy that that he was able to just really deliver this time around, uh, even more so than the last. I, I think that in in almost every way this game improves on the previous game, which is, was already in my top five favorite video games of all time. Yes. So, yes. So for me, like, I think the thing that I I'm struggling to come to with because like Kratos has been alive for a very long time. And like, I know you said like a family man, he was actually a very big family man in the previous games. Like he was very dedicated to his wife. He loved his daughter. Um, so to see him as a father in this aspect and, and more of a harsh exterior, because he was very soft towards his wife and, and towards um, his daughter um, and his harshness was given to everyone else. And you kind of see that a little bit here in, in, in Ragnarok. And, and I'm loving that. Um, and it's just, God, it's it's blowing me away. And I'm just, I'm loving the different type of character development we're getting with him. Um, and I'm loving how complex yet simple he is as, as a man. And how much he just makes this entire experience of being a dad for the second time with a different child. And, you know, dealing with different gods and dealing with different types of anger differently. Um, and also I, I wanted to say this too on the podcast. I really do feel like the presence of Christopher judge so strong, like just from the voice, because like Teal's voice is a little bit different. He voices Teal'c a little bit different, but I feel aspects of Teal'c in Kratos just because of the way that Christopher judge has his mannerisms with his voice and the way that he carries himself, like knowing that he voices it, it, it gives a different presence for me. And I love Christopher judge. Like I've loved him since the first game. Like when I found out he was freaking voicing Kratos or when I, like when I found out that he voiced Kratos, cause you know, we played it after it came out. I, Oh, I lost my shit. I love him. Um, I, I watched Stargate a lot as a kid. Um, but Alan, you know, like was obsessed with it and we still watch it as a comfort show to this day. And like Christopher judge is one of my favorite actors. So like he just, ah, oh, he kills it. He kills it. And I'm just, I'm enthralled by every moment of, of this game. Like I have been geeking out and like, I shit you not. I'm sitting at work preparing patients charts just thinking about what the next step could be. What's the next cutscene going to be in this fucking game? Like, I can't stop thinking about this game. And this hasn't happened to me in gaming for a long time. Like, I am just so entrapped by this game. And I love it. I love this feeling. Like, I feel so whole again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I gotta say, it has... Well, there's a few games that I've been playing lately that I've been really invested in, but... To this level, it, the last time that it that I think something just really wowed me this much was probably Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know. Oh. I also really, really, really liked the Final Fantasy. But fair but, enough. But yeah, no, Ghost of Tsushima was a game that that immediately uh, 
got onto my top five list. And uh, God of War 2018 was another one of those games. And like I said, Ragnarok, I think, just delivers in almost every single way. Uh, in addition to uh, Kratos' development, we also have Atreus, uh, still voiced yeah. by Sonny Siljic, and carrying uh, a much deeper voice. In fact, I believe that you know it's been three years between God of War 2018 and God of War Ragnarok, but... Um, it, it's been a little bit more time in real life and Sonny had actually started to deepen his voice a little bit. So they had to do some trickery in order to, to maintain and, and keep his voice consistent. Yeah. But it, it, I think it's so cool that he's like growing with his character. I think that's yeah. so awesome. And he's such a happy kid. Like I've, I've been watching, like I've been trying to not spoil this for myself, but he keeps popping up on my, Insta, on my TikTok feed and he's just, I just want to pinch his little cheeks. I just love him so much. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's really come into his own as a character. Uh, just yeah. hearing that like deeper teenage voice at first was was a little bit striking, but I've, I've yeah. grown accustomed to that now just as much as before. And you can definitely tell it's the same kid. And, and as a character, I, I think he's uh, a lot more independent. In yes. the last game, there were moments of that, but it was more so... You know, him just I kind of... I got this, Dad. I can do it. Yeah. It, yeah, it was more of, like, outbursts. It was more of, like, he thinks he's he's independent, but he's really not. But he really is here. And he's making his own decisions independent of Kratos. And a major plot point throughout this game is the two of them actually trying to protect each other and yes. not realizing it. And on top of that, they there is a lesson that Atreus imparts to Kratos. One of the lessons that he learned... From the first game, he spits a line right back at him, and mm -hmm. my heart fell apart at that moment. Uh, you're not there yet, but you'll see. You'll, when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about because, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic because like they continue to develop, but yet they're still kind of harsh against each other. But they're still they still kind of act a little soft. Um, yeah. And and I love this this relationship that they have because it's like, hey, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, let's go. Like, it's it's still like we must train, we must you know continue to go on. But there's still like that father son. Like, I need to make sure you're okay. And and now that Atreus is his own almost man, you know, like there's there's one comment where he talks about his beard coming in, and it's so yes. funny because <laughs> it's like it's like you're really like growing with this character and like going through puberty with this character and it's so funny to like watch Kratos watch this and be like damn it I didn't think I'd have to do this with a boy I was supposed to do this shit with a girl <laughs> like, he's just like frustrated <laughs> no it is funny I remember I, I got I've caught that line of dialogue and uh, Mimir and Kratos both just kind of make fun of him and, and mock him a little bit <laughs> really oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah the boat conversations are back so yes. along with other uh, methods of transportation, like the, the wolf sleds and whatnot, or just while you're roaming around, uh, a lot of what made the first or the last game great was all of these interesting conversations that happened in game while you were getting from one destination to the other. And the game at certain points kind of moves at the slower pace. And I believe that that's the way that they actually load the game. In game, yes. so that that's why there's little to no loading screens to speak of between the two of these is because all of the loading is happening in game, and so while you're climbing or boat riding, uh, that's happening. But in order to keep the the player invested, that's where all of the the lore happens and all of these side conversations uh, in regards to what's happening. And and in the last game, a lot of it was Mimir 
telling stories about Norse mythology. But mm-hmm. they kind of take it to take a step back now and have Kratos tell tales from his homeland and, and even reference yeah. the events of the original games. Yes, and it's so cool. And this is one of my favorite things about Santa Monica as a developer because they make it so intricate but yet so simple. And it's one of my favorite things. And um, Alan isn't on this episode, you guys, because he would spoil everything in 0.2 seconds, um, and he's probably not sorry about it. He's been enjoying it as much as me, and he does want to be on the full spoiler episode, but he cannot keep his mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've been doing the same thing that we did with uh, Jedi Fallen Order and with the original God of War 2018, um, where we've been trading off the controllers. and so whenever he's playing, like, I have to tell him, like, babe, slow down. They're fucking talking. Like, I want to listen to this dialogue. Like, stop it. <laughs> it's so funny because he's like, God, I'm sorry. He's like, I forget that they just do this. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, listen, I want to listen to the head, the bodiless man talk. Okay, let me listen to the head. I love Mimir. Like, Mimir is one of my favorites and everybody knows this. But just like the way that like Kratos responds to him now and something that you had referenced earlier um, is in the journal. Um and you can go into like character profiles and there's like enemies and allies or whatever. It says um, on Mimir's thing, it says that he's the first person in a long time that I've considered as a brother. And he yes. doesn't get upset when he calls him brother anymore. And they have like a very good, like they're like two dads, like they're two dads raising their son. It's so cute. <laughs> You're on fire, Kratos. It It'll, will pass. <laughs> it will pass. <laughs> I will, I will tell you, it, it did get a little bit grating when you're fighting the same Draugr over and over again. And every time you're on fire, you're yes. on fire, Kratos. It will pass. It will pass. <laughs> <laughs> but no. We I, haven't beat the first demon hole yet um, because You're not Christ. really meant to. Yeah. I, I had the same issue. You know, it's it's very difficult. Uh, the Draugr holes are better to come back to later when you have better equipment and you've leveled up. Because like God of War 2018, experience does not level you up. Equipment does. So yes. buying, collecting equipment, and then upgrading it is what's going to actually contribute to your overall level and how easy it is to defeat other enemies. And you can tell when you face an enemy and their health meter is orange or purple. Okay, I'm probably not supposed to fight this guy yet. Um, Oopsie. Y- you really can't like back out though most of the time. So most of the, most yeah. of the time you, you kind of got to just ride that fight out, see you how long die. you can go. I will say that there have been some pretty close calls for me. I remember I opened up a, a, a portal rift and a couple enemies popped out, one of them purple, one orange. And I killed the purple one and had almost killed the orange one before I died. And I was really pissed because I actually had managed to get all the way through the fight. You, you, you know what helps with that? Poison. In fact, when you get to Vanaheim, there's a, there's a particular armor set that actually inflicts poison with uh, barehanded attacks and with parries and blocks. So if you use that particular set, you can actually poison enemies rather easily. And what poison does in this game is it's a little bit different. It's not so much damage over time. It actually lowers their level. Now, the inverse is true as well. When you're poisoned, it lowers you a level. And you'll notice that the health bars will change color. And an enemy that was on your level will be a higher level than you now. But that that's the way that poison works in this game. Is that it actually lowers the level of whoever gets poisoned. Yep. That's fucking wild, man. What the hell? So, I love that. If you equip Thank the you, armor set, 
that inflicts poison with barehanded attacks and with parries, then uh, you can actually cheese some of the more difficult fights in this game by lowering those enemies' levels a little bit. I feel so stupid. <laughs> There's definitely an element of strategy. Uh, the, all the uh, armor have uh, have different effects now. I mean, they kind of reworked the whole system. Uh, yeah, they really did. Yeah. So in the last game, uh, most armor in order, like, I think armor, and I, I replayed it recently. So you'd think I'd remember this a little bit better. Armor had some effects, but most of the effects came from the enchantments that you slotted into the armor. Well, the enchantment yeah. slots are gone. The enchantments are actually uh, done a completely different way. There's a separate uh, piece of equipment that Kratos has that holds all of the enchantments. And I don't know if you've gotten there yet. Mm-mm. Okay, so you haven't gotten there yet, but there are the enchantments do return. They just there's a whole other piece of equipment. There's an amulet that Kratos has, and that's what actually holds all the enchantments. And when you hold like three of them together in a set, they actually uh, have different effects, and and huh. some of them just grant their own effects, and they're ba- they're stat based. So you have to have a certain number of stats. Uh, another thing that's been reworked in this game is the uh, the skill tree. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah, uh, a lot of the same skills return, but what's uh, but there are also a lot of new ones. And in addition to that, if you use a skill a certain number of times, you'll actually enable the ability to to add an effect to that skill. So you can yeah. increase the elemental effect or the amount of damage or how much it stuns. You you'll get three options, and it costs XP to. Uh, enchant it but then once you do that you can freely switch to one of the other two and you can kind of configure your most used moves to be a little bit more effective and that's what's and yeah that's really we do cool. that with the helicopter blade one i don't know what it's called i think it's like something skillful vengeance or some shit but i call it helicopter blade <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of the skills from the last game or even some of the runic attacks have actually become uh, uh, a part of a different skill tree with the the new triangle effects so if oh, you yeah. if you hold down triangle on the axe, you'll actually frost the axe for a little while, and it opens up a whole new set of attacks for you to use. Some of which were previously runic attacks before. Uh, with the blades of chaos, you can mash the triangle button, and you can set yes. it on fire, and that also unlocks a whole new set of skills. So th- there's actually a whole new uh, element to combat now regarding those. And once you get the sigil arrows, that really even uh, changes that more and in the sigil arrows i just had the weirdest thought there are going to be people who just know kratos as the axe and blades dude and will never know the absolute fucking craziness of just having the blades bro (laughs) bro right right and there's another weapon but i won't spoil it what it is but there is another weapon in this game and it might actually be my favorite i'm not sure <laughs> cuz i really like the axe too dude yeah cuz like i i i just thought about that and i thought about alan and i's playing styles and i always play with the blades of chaos like that's just like i loved the blades of chaos and i was so upset for the majority of 2018 that we didn't have them and you get them in like the last third of the game and I'm like, oh my god, it's the blades! Like, ah! I freaked out. Like, I lost my shit because I love them. I love, love, love the Blades of Chaos, and I always thought those were the most unique weapons of any game that I've ever played. And I always play with them. And now I just realized that there's going to be people out there who think that his original weapon was the the the, the axe. 
oh shit no guys you gotta play okay there's a strategy to this shit but you gotta play specific i don't know if you've done this but there's specific types of characters or like npcs enemies that are better fought with the blades of chaos than the axe we figured it out yeah i'm not gonna go into detail because i don't want to have any spoilers or trying to keep this as spoiler free as possible i'm trying really hard guys but yeah I, I, I always play with the Blades, and Alan always plays with the Axe. I always find that interesting. And, like, he'll die, and I'm like, no, 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 babe. I think this is a Blades of Chaos type thing, so he'll hand me the controller. <laughs> well, as in the last game, there are elemental weaknesses. And I, I believe the fire enemies are weak against the Axe, and the ice enemies are weak against the Blades. In fact, there's a new mechanic yeah. where you can't even really actually deal damage on an enemy until you get rid of the their frosted or their burning health bar. So some enemies come with a health bar that's already frosted or burning, and you actually have to use the appropriate element in order to wipe that meter out first, and then you can actually start dealing damage. But yeah, no, some some enemies are going to be better with certain weapons or others. I mean, if you're more into the ranged attacks, then the axe is going to be your go-to. But if you're more into melee combat, then the blades are going to be a better choice. I actually also like what they did with the blades during the uh the more the puzzle solving segments and during the exploration you actually use them to grapple now which makes a lot of sense it's Kinda so makes fun wonder why they weren't being used that way in the last game yeah well i don't know because they i don't think they wanted to introduce that mechanic that late in the game you know what i mean like that would be the only reason i think of because he does kind of use them in that way um in in three when whenever the um what's their names the fates have him chained up and he's, you know, he's got his blades strapped to him. You know, they're they're part of his being. Um, but they have, like, limited his access to them so he can't get out of his restraints. But he uses them in, in the in the Hecatonkery. So, like, I, I was a little bit confused about that as well. But I did some, like, thinking. And I was like, well, I don't think they'd try and introduce a new mechanic like that. Plus, having to, like, not have that in part of the game, I'm sure that would be very difficult to, like, code. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's true. Yeah, and this game was actually built around being able to use the the blades to grapple up places. So there's actually a little, yeah. a little bit less climbing involved this time. Not, not as much slow climbing. Kratos can use the blades to launch himself quickly. And Atreus will actually follow him and, and shoot a rope arrow and, and do the same thing. It's so cute. Yeah. I love it. It's so cute. I love Atreus. I love this whole game. I just, mm, it makes me so happy. I just, ah, oh, yes. I've been, like, so excited to talk about this, like, for weeks. <laughs> same, same. And, and I like how you actually open up with the game pretty much with the blade and the axe. I mean, the very first segment of the game you don't have the blades for, but as soon as they set off on their adventure, Kratos picks them back up. And so you really just get right back into the action and you get and, and familiarize yourself. I, I will say this game is very much a sequel to the last one, so if you haven't played yes. it, I wouldn't recommend playing this one yet. I, no. Yes, there's a recap. But you, it's still it's better. It, it's really more of a well. It's a recap. It's like a hey. It may have been three years since you played the last game. So last episode on Dad of Boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. This is what happened before. But I would even recommend if it's been a while since you played the last one, start playing through that a little because I did, and I remember how many of yeah. the finer story details that just I I hadn't uh, I'd forgotten by that point because it had been a little while. And then it kind of all came back to me. And uh, part of me still wants to go back and play God of War 2018, but there's no fucking way until I finish everything that Ragnarok has to offer. Ugh. And yes, you do get to go to all nine realms 
in this game, and I have been to all of them. So the new ones that you'll be exploring are uh, Svartalfheim, the realm of the dwarves, and Vanaheim. Svartalfheim, Fre- yeah. Freya's home yeah. realm, uh, the home of the Vanir. And, and Svartalfheim is, is cool because it has, you know, all of these geysers and shit. And, uh, hey, don't give too much away, man. I won't. And, and Vanaheim is kind of more swamp-like, is, is what I'll say. Uh, and even the realms that you visited before, and also, of course, Asgard. But I'm not even going to talk about Asgard yet, because you haven't even gotten to Asgard yet. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't want to spoil anything, because there's an element in the beginning of the game where it's like, oh, no, we can't do anything. Freya's going to kill us. You know? So yeah. I was like, mm, be careful, buddy, because no one knows yet. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure that people are listening to this have played the game. I just, I know, like, for me personally, like, whenever I listen to podcasts about, like, stuff I haven't played or read, I'm like, oh, don't spoil it for me. This is supposed to be spoiler free. So I try to keep myself, I limit myself very hard. I'm, it's like, I'm like, I'm like one of the geysers right now, like, trying not to burst. Like, there is, the, <laughs> the axe is on me right now. Yeah. Uh, and even some of the realms that you had uh, visited in the last game have been transformed by Fimble Winter, uh, chiefly Midgard. Midgard is uh, it's all icy now. There's a bunch of snow Fucking and everything's cold. kind of weathered <laughs> down. And so it's really interesting how they managed to take, you know, six of the nine realms that we've been to already and make them look and feel completely different. And so e- either by the transformations of Fimble Winter, which actually changes the realms all in different ways. It's not all winter for them. Some of them have different yeah. effects or by just having you go to different areas. I mean, we went to Alfheim before, but we were in the light elves territory. Now we get to see what it's down below in the desert. And yeah. Shit like it's that. really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it though. Like I just, especially because like me, you know, being Swedish, my dad, you know, was like so, so in love with Norse mythology. And I always remember hearing about like, Ragnarok and all that stuff. And, and like, talking with Alan about like Norse mythology and like, I love Greek and Roman mythology. Don't get me wrong, but no one ever really has started talking about Norse mythology and nerding out about it until God of War 2018, because that's when you start to see these types of characters. Also, I have a bone to pick me personally. I don't know if you feel this way, Ash, that is not what I expected Odin to sound like. Okay. Honestly, I mean, because they, they really built him up in the last game, right? It's like, this guy's an yeah. asshole. He's a soft-voiced man. Like, I was expecting something thick and deep and old man and, very, and like, with a heavier accent, you know, kind of like Thor. Like, like Thor, because Thor is a big, burly fucking man with a big, deep voice. Like, you'd expect, like, his father to give him that deep voice. But, no, he sounds like a little wuss. Play a little bit into it, and and, and you'll, you'll see why they're going for that route. Because I, I definitely think that they... They voiced Odin a certain way on purpose. And the, the thing with Odin is he's an asshole and he's done a lot of shitty things, but people don't know that immediately. What we've come to learn is that a lot, a lot of people trusted Odin and then he fucked him over. And so now we can yeah. see firsthand how that feels. And because obviously Odin wants something to do with Atreus and he's not going to be an asshole to him. He's going to, he's going to try to butter him up, going to try to, you know, and, to be fair, I mean, when he came around and he and he was just like, "Hey, I just want peace." He's always like, "How? Let's do a truce. Let's just not hurt each other." I was like, "Yeah, I kind of expected Kratos to agree at first. I was like, that that's what Kratos wants too." But then he mentions the thing with Freya, and I think that was the big deal. Was that Kratos still doesn't want to go against Freya? He still considers her a friend. 
despite yeah. the fact that she wants to kill them. And they lead right into that in the beginning. But there is a lot of character development for Freya to go through in this game. And I can't wait for you to see that because. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. Ah, I'm so scared because <laughs> I just we just encountered Freya. Um, and, I, and I don't want to give anything away to it's so hard because like I want to talk about a lot of the aspects of the story so far that I've been through. Because just in the quarter of the game that I've been through, there's been a lot of different things. Also, can we just talk about fucking Sindri? He's so cute. Yes. Like, he's like he was adorable in the first game, but he's even cuter in this game. And if you love the dwarves, you will love them even more. Um, God, there's just so much that I want to talk about that I don't even know what to do with myself right now. Okay, uh, Thor. 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 Okay, no, I, there was a point that I wanted to make. So I think a lot of people think a lot differently of the Norse mythology. And I was getting off of that point because we, we, we rabbit hold a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of people think of Thor and Odin and Loki a lot differently because of the MCU, right? Like they have their own standard there with Marvel. So everyone thinks that they're supposed to be some specific way and they're not. So a lot of people are like, oh, my God, like, da, da, da. it's like, well, th this is how they're originally portrayed. Like, and I was talking about, you know, like my dad, like I, I know a lot about Norse mythology and I love Norse mythology, like all of the stuff about Ragnarok. Also, there is a show on Netflix, by the way, that is called Ragnarok. That's really good. Um, and I'm not saying it in like the Norse tongue, which I'm kind of mad at myself for saying that it's Ragnarok. But um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm Swedish, so I should be saying it properly. I don't I don't I don't need to ins insult my other Nords. Um but yeah, there's there's a show called Ragnarok that's so good, um, and that is a definite watch on Netflix, especially if you're trying to not play the game or you're trying to just not absolutely suck up all the content in like two seconds. There's a couple seasons. It's really good. But yeah, um, I think that there's there's definitely um, coming from like a fan's point of view, especially a lot, you know, a lot of gamers like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, you expect a lot different from these types of characters um, and, and you're not getting that. So a lot of people are like, well, well, why is he being like this? Like, why is why is Thor like this? Why is why is, you know, Atreus, you know, who's Loki like this? It's like, mm, well, you need to understand that these are coming from the depictions of the way that the Norse mythology is read, right. not from the way that the MCU is read. And people are kind of starting to talk about that a little bit as, as you know, more people are starting to play the game. And I, I find that interesting um, because, you know, as a, as a huge fan of the MCU, you know, we all know this. We talk about, you know, the Avengers and Marvel and shit all the time. You know, I'm always like, hey, Ash, you watching that shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I watched uh, Wakanda Forever. It was really good. Also, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited, though. Watch it. It's so fucking hilarious, and it's so good. <laughs> I heard it warms your heart, which I need right now. From I need I need a little bit of that, especially from from uh, from my favorites in, in the Guardians. But, yeah. Um, speaking of yeah, the... Yeah, there's just... I don't know. Speaking of, of Marvel, believe it or not, uh, Ryan Hurst, the voice of Thor actually portrayed uh took inspiration for his portrayal from another marvel comics character not thor but the hulk i can see it also tommy Lee jones character in no country for old men okay okay i can see that yeah everyone keeps secrets Sometimes it's the only way to protect the ones we love. I know you. 
god killer. What is it you want from me? Is it a god of war you came to find? You don't really want war, do you, Kratos? All that blood on your hands, on your son's hands. What is it you will not tell me? I can't talk about it, but I just need you to trust me. We follow your every whim. But you don't believe in any of it. And still, I follow. Because all that matters is that you are safe. But that's not all that matters. Who's keeping you safe? I do not need you to protect me. You sure about that? Pretender God! For the old father! Death can have me when it earns me. What do you even know of God's work? In your lifetimes, has anyone ever worshipped you? Ever prayed to you? Can you even imagine that kind of love? No! You don't care about anything beyond yourself. Beyond the monster who kills without cause. Fate only binds you if you let it. So that's where he was coming from. And actually, when you get a little bit further into the game, Thor is a very complex character. He He's not a one-note character. He always has been, though. Yeah. He always, like, Thor is, like, and, and everyone always has an obsession with him, either, partially because of fucking Chris Hemsworth. I mean, goddamn, who wouldn't? Yeah. But, um... But, you know, like, the Thor in, in the mythology is such a complex character, and so is Loki, for example. Like, in the mythology, which... It doesn't really tie into the games, um, but it makes sense because he's he's a boy. Um, like Jormungur, the the giant snake, is his child. Right. He is the father to Jormungur, which is you know they they kind of tie it in a little bit, a little you know like oh you're one of the only people that understands him. Like yeah, it's because that's his baby. <laughs> well, and there's a mural uh, in God of War 2018 that shows uh, the the snake coming out of a- Atreus. And they even mentioned that the reason why, like, that Jormungandr was actually sent back in time as a result of his clash with Thor. And that's that was him. So in this game, you should expect to see the the how that happens. Basically, how mm. Jormungandr comes to be. Or at least that's what I was expecting. He's And also, I don't know who or what voices that thing, but God. He yeah. is intimidating. 
Like, yeah. we had the TV up a little high because y'all know Alan's a little hard of hearing. That's from being in the military. It's fine. It's casual. But, like, we're just sitting there. And this mother goes, I'm like, my TV, my brain, and my ears were not expecting that. Can you not, sir? Like, can you not? Like, even in 2018, like, the first time he came out and he's just, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> well, and uh, one of Atreus's divine abilities seems to be able to understand languages just inherently. And so in this one, he actually can talk to the world serpent. And he's not the only one whose language has grown. Kratos can read runes now. And he does. I know. He's so proud of it, too. Like, you can read in his writings. He's and Mimir's like, oh, that's interesting, isn't it, brother? And I'm like, yeah. oh, so Find cute. anything illuminating. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I love else? this game so much. Do we got uh, Angerboda? The uh, oh the, yeah, Angerboda. She's an interesting character that Atreus comes across. Can't really say a whole lot about her, but she's really cool. And I remember a lot she's of people. She's so pretty. I'm a simp for her. She's so pretty. You know what's funny is the internet was like going haywire about the fact or at least some people were going haywire over the fact that she was black and they were like oh well you know they're based on scandinavian characters they should all be white motherfucker one of those guys is blue mimir has a scottish accent for some reason they're, yeah also they're gods so who who says that the norse gods have to be the same race as the scandinavian people that worshiped them that's the dumbest fucking logic i've ever heard Gods or other species. And and, and to to tie in, like, science to it, I mean, she's in a... a, She's she's not a god, sorry. No, no. But um, she's in a place where there's a lot of sun, so you would need natural melanin protection. I I don't know. Characters from other realms is what I mean to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that could be said about diversity, but this is just one thing where it's like, can you just shut the fuck up about it? You know, it's like, just just either appreciate the game or don't fucking play it. Like, that's that's where I am with a lot of things about it. It's like, if, if you don't want to appreciate it, that's fine. Don't try and ruin the experience for the rest of us. Like, it, be angry about what you be, want to be angry about, but I, for one, think she's fucking stunning. I think yes. that this is, oh, God, she's so pretty. I can't. I, I can't. I'm fangirling. I cannot. She's so pretty. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't like that, that's fine. But that's it's not every game is meant for you to like every single aspect. I mean, there's been aspects in games that I don't fucking love, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting here talking shit about it, you know, just because, oh, my God, a character's black. Oh, oh right. right. Like, sh- shut the fuck up. Shut and the fuck up. She's not from <laughs> Midgard. You can't apply Midgard logic to non-Midgardian characters. That, that's this what is I was not trying even to say. our universe. This is not our like like this. Yeah. Like motherfucker, you're literally playing as a god who came from basically another universe, killed all of his gods, and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna fuck another god and make another god." What What do you want? What do you What do you guys want? Like, <laughs> none of this is supposed to happen. This is all conjecture, right? Like, the entire concept of Kratos leaving Greece and going up to Scandinavia to fuck a giant. <laughs> There's already so much there that should not have happened, but it happened, and here we are. So, what? What do you want? <laughs> you right. know? I'm like... But we, we also get to see some of the other Aesir gods, some of the other Norse gods. Uh, Tyr is one I think we can talk about, because he popped oh, up in the trailer. Yeah. He's a very different character than what he was brought up to be. I mean, I knew that he was peace-loving, and they they 
He's Del a talked yeah. about that. But this guy does not want to fight at all. He's just done. And uh, part of me doesn't blame him, but the other part of me is like, man, you managed to find a way to be a god of war, but still be a peaceful god of war. Can't you do that? But he still is a cool character to encounter and just to kind of like take along with you. Yeah, and he's so big. Like, can we talk about the fact that, that Kratos is an absolute unit Kratos and how much bigger? Yes. <laughs> It's like the first game you encounter all of these people who are so small and Kratos is like Atreus is baby compared to Kratos. And then you see Thor in theater and it's all so funny because like Kratos is a unit, right? Like he's a big fucking log of a man. He is thick. He's a big boy. Right. And then there's goddamn Thor who has been the most corn fed motherfucker in the entire fucking nine realms. And then there's Tyr, his big skinny motherfucking brother. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck happened? Odin, what are you feeding these men? <laughs> <laughs> of course, the uh, as we mentioned before, the dwarves, the Holger brothers, Frey, Sentry, uh, uh, and Brock return. And they are largely the same as they were before. But They're they, so cute. Yeah. Actually, I remember Brock is, is surprised to see how much Atreus has grown. <laughs> yeah. He's like, get out of there. I'm a, he's all mad. He's like, you've fucking grown. I didn't know you're supposed to do that shit. <laughs> There's a new dwarf <laughs> character named Durlin, who is actually a mythological character. I actually can't say a lot about him because I, I've only encountered him a couple of times in the game. I, I don't really know what he's about other than that uh, Odin is... Uh, in, in, They're not uh, friends. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, Odin kind of Don't has... go into it too much. Don't okay. spoil it. Don't spoil it. I don't I'm trying to keep us on track. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, the dwarves are... They're they're afraid of Odin. We'll put it that way. Everybody's afraid of Odin. Odin. I mean, that's just kind of... It's, it's like that one scary boss that would just fire you on a whim kind of thing. It's like, am I going to lose my job today? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ratatasker, the... Uh, the the squirrel that tripped yes. into the world tree he showed up or so we thought in the last game as one of atreus's summons but apparently that's not the real him so yeah there there's He's an actual so adorable. there's an actual non-spectral squirrel that actually has a a different personality i'll leave it at that and apparently the composer for the game bear mccreary also uh, plays a dwarf musician in the game i didn't know that um, do you want to talk about the fact that the soundtrack is just as phenomenal as the last one? Uh, oh my god. Well, also, something I wanted to mention before we got away from it is that when I first heard Durlin's name, I thought they said Durin, and I was like, bro, you can't bring Lord of the Rings into this shit, but like, I love it. I thought they said Durin, and I was like, where's well, Legolas? I think where's Aragorn? <laughs> etymologically connected, actually, because uh, Lord of the Rings actually does take a lot of inspiration from Norse mythology. From Norse, yeah, yeah, that's true. You right, you right. But yeah, no, this. The, oh my god, the soundtrack is so beautiful. It's so, like I have my my listening playlist, right? Because I just got a Kindle, and like, if anyone knows me, they know that like when I was studying in school, when I'm like working really hard, like if I if I don't have too many phone calls during the day, like I'll pop an AirPod in and I'll listen to music. I started listening. To to the soundtrack instead of my normal playlist because I just ah uh, and the peaceful moments remind me of Skyrim, like it's just beautiful, like ethereal, like gorgeous music, like it's so well composed. And I'm not even like halfway through the game, and it's gonna get better. Like how does it get better? I don't know. 
and I'm so excited. Yeah, I like how the main theme actually incorporates the uh, the main theme from the last game, which was Kratos' theme, and some of the the sad mom music. I thought mm-hmm. that that was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I've listened to the main theme quite a few times. I mean, I put the soundtrack on. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we talked about this in our God of War episode, but uh, Bear McCreary is also the composer for uh, the Rings of Power. Well, obviously we didn't yes. talk about that before because that wasn't out yet. So speaking of Lord oh. of the Rings, uh, Outlander. And uh, Battlestar Galactica, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Walking Dead. That makes so much sense. Oh, my God. This dude is a cultural phenomenon. Wow. Yeah. And he I, also I, I won a BAFTA. I power, by the way. His work on God of War earned him a BAFTA. Really? That's in, that's awesome. I, I, and you know what? That's crazy because I never would have known that because I've been listening to the Rings of Power soundtrack. I don't know if you've seen that, Ash. I haven't watched it yet. Oh. And I, I want to. I, oh it's on my, my list. God. I love Lord of the Rings, so I'm surprised it's I so haven't. It's so good. <laughs> I actually, I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but um, I, I, I watched Lord of the Rings a bit as a kid, but it wasn't like the biggest, you know, thing for me. Um, so Alan and I decided to watch Rings of Power because he's a huge fan, and I jumped right in. I like, I jumped right in. I felt like a little freaking kid. Alan bought me a recipes from the world of Tolkien freaking cookbook and there's a mead recipe i'm gonna make mead i yeah yes i'm so excited like you have no idea so like the fact that he composed rings of power which by the way i know you talk about soundtracks with me a lot because you know i'm an audiophile but you're gonna love that soundtrack that oh my god you're gonna love that show it's so beautiful amazon spent two billion dollars making that show wow it's so good oh my god and bear mccreary did that god Bear he needs like golf clap, my guy. You have blown my brain. Holy shit, that's amazing. I love that. I'm gonna go listen to that like right after I get off this podcast episode because oh Jesus, it's so pretty, y'all. I I can't. <laughs> See what else has he done? Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, Godzilla, King sense. of the Monsters, won an Emmy for Da Vinci's Demons. So. Hmm. Yeah, this guy is yeah, talented to say the least. I, I'm actually really impressed with the soundtrack. Uh, and I don't know how much we talked about that on our God of War 2018 episode because the soundtrack for both games is fucking phenomenal. It is really, really fucking good. And if yes. I could expect just as good of a soundtrack on Rings of Power. Oof. I need to catch up oh. on that. I also need to ca- I need also need to watch Andor. I haven't even watched Andor yet. So <laughs> <gasps> what? Yeah, I'm behind on a lot of stuff. Oh my god, you're gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely love it. It's so good. We just finished it, and oh, it broke my heart. And it was so good. You need to watch that because it's a different it's a different perspective um, of the Empire. It's like it's like you get to see it from the poor man's perspective, not from like the hero's perspective, you know. And there's a lot there's a lot of things that tie into the rest of Star Wars. And I don't want to spoil anything for you, so I'm just gonna shut my mouth because fuck, that's a good show. Damn, you need to catch up, dude. You need to get some popcorn. Or what you like to snack on whenever you watch a show and just have at it, man. Oh my God, you're in for a lot of good cinema. All right, yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I'm, I'm excited about a lot of the games that have come out this year, you know, and, and a lot of the game of the year uh, nominees, and including this one. I mean, this game I think deserves it. Uh, so far, it actually is the fastest selling first party game in PlayStation history. I, I think it took that from Last of Us Part 2, if I'm not mistaken. It did, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was expecting nothing less, honestly. Everybody's been talking about this game. Everybody. And even people who were, like, previously Xbox players that I know 
or like dudes that like I have a, a like one of my closest friends, Brandis. Shout out Brandis. He doesn't really play his PlayStation much, and he literally went out and full sent and bought the big ass bitch edition of this game because he loves God of War. I was like, absolutely. I mean, and- am I still upset with PlayStation for like not having as many units as they should, and just now releasing a game edition for the fucking God of War, but not for Horizon? Yeah, I'm a little pissed, but still, good job PlayStation. Thank God, though, that this game actually is available for PS4. And and part of me was maybe a little disappointed that, that the hardware is holding it back, but I don't think so, because... I don't think so, this either. Game, and then this game ran surprisingly well on the PS4. Now, a lot of people were complaining that it made their PS4 really loud. Do you know what that means? It means you haven't cleaned your shit, because you know how I know that? Because I cleaned my shit, and it doesn't do that anymore. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. So, so, so proud. Yeah, I've told the- him so many times to clean his PlayStation, y'all. You don't even know. I'm so proud. I feel like a proud mom right now. <laughs> well, and I talked about it before, but it was to the point where the games would shut down due to overheating. So, yeah, I opened it up. I cleaned all the dust out. And if that doesn't do it for you, I've heard that applying thermal paste might be necessary. It might yes. be necessary to replace the thermal paste. But one way yes. or the other, you should be able to get your PlayStation up and running. And if it's really loud when you're playing games like this then you need to just clean that shit out because it, I mean, yeah, the fan does kick on. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's a not jet that engine. bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I had mine cleaned right before we left for Georgia and it's a little loud, but I mean, it is a, what it's a 90 gig game. I mean, it is a very big game. It's loading in real time. The only problem that I've experienced is like when you die, the load screen is a little long, but that's a moment for me to like shake off the adrenaline and stuff, you know? So I do, I personally don't mind it. Um, yeah. I've been hearing of a lot of issues with PS5s and, you know, especially with the holiday season right as we're in, um, it's going to be hard to get one. For me personally, I'm just not ready to give up my PlayStation 4. It's been running the game beautifully. I personally don't feel like I'm being held back. I'm still very, very happy with the results that I'm getting. And, you know, if you're if you're in tough times, like a lot of us are in this economy, I mean, even buying a refurbished PlayStation 4, like you're still going to get an amazing experience. And the PlayStation 4 is a fucking G because mine is a first generation refurbished bought from GameStop and it runs this game like a champ like the other day we had been playing it for about I don't know five six hours and it started kicking on and it was a little loud but I felt the PlayStation and it was only a little warm so I mean it wasn't too bad like I'm I'm still I'm so proud of my PlayStation like this is my baby (laughs) yeah and like you mentioned the loading screens on death are are, 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 take a, a little bit of time but almost all of the loading happens in game so you don't really notice that until for instance, you die. And even then, like yeah. you said, it, it's a moment to cool off and kind of get your get your bearings and whatnot. I, I have noticed a couple times in the game you'll hit a you'll hit a, a spot where the game will actually have to load. It, it's it's loading a little bit too slow, and the game will pause and you'll see the little icon, but that's usually just a few seconds. Also notice some minor bugs and glitches. Nothing game breaking, but a few things that of forced me to have to reload the game because like oh, for instance, really? my, my compass wasn't displaying or uh, just a couple oddities, nothing really bad. And thankfully the, the process of, you know, saving real quick reloading is very fast. So no, nothing... yeah, I mean, it's been running really quick for me. I don't know. I haven't noticed that. What have you noticed? Like, just like just the loading problems or. Yeah. Like sometimes like, like just something won't load properly and then there'll, there'll be like, like the compass will be gone or like one of the in-game like tutorial menus won't go away. It just stays on oh, screen. Okay. I've noticed that. Yeah. Just little, little things like that. And 
sometimes I've noticed even an enemy wasn't properly loaded in, and so like some invisible enemy got me. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, Come on, yeah, man. no, I noticed that. I thought I thought they were supposed to be doing that this whole time. Oops. <laughs> Maybe I don't know that. I guess that that would be probably the the worst of it, but it doesn't happen all that often. And it's like, okay, they get like one hit on you, and you can still see the effects of their attacks. You can still see them coming. It's just like floating hands. Yeah, or I see that they don't have, like, bottoms to their bodies for a while, but I just thought that was the snow or, like, the way that they were, so I never really thought anything of it. Wow, I feel dumb now. There's a couple kinks to work out, and I don't know how much different it is on the PS5 than the PS4, but I will say yeah. that the game runs remarkably well, just as well as the last game did. And and I will say that this game isn't as drastic a difference. There's nothing revolutionary. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing as the last game and that's actually a good thing because the yeah. last game was such a huge departure for the series and was a huge revolution for the franchise that it makes sense that the sequel would be mostly the same thing but a little bit better yeah no it cemented its own ground in there i feel like i don't know i yeah. like it yeah i mean what are some of the other new things that we've got in this game uh there uh there are different spartan rages that are available I don't know if you've actually gotten any of those yet, but you can... Mm -mm. Okay, there are other... There's a Spartan Rage that allows you to just heal yourself, use your meter, your Rage Meter to heal yourself, and there's another one that's actually just a one-off attack. Just a one really, really powerful attack. So there's a little bit more strategy involved in picking a Spartan Rage that that fits you. Well, and, also, if you use... I noticed if you use your Spartan Rage, it does heal your health a little bit. Yeah, but there's one that, that just heals... Like, that's what it does. Huh. Yeah. It, its main huh. purpose is healing. Whereas the, the regular Spartan Rage, the which is called Fury, I believe, uh, heals you as you hit more Bruh. as you hit more enemies. It heals your health a little bit, and it makes you invulnerable to damage during that time. Valor is the one that just straight up heals you. And then there's one called Wrath that if you kill the enemy with that attack, it will heal a little bit of health. So they all do a little bit of that. And... Again, don't want to get into spoilers, but there is another playable character in this game with similar mechanics and uh, their own version of some of these moves. So stick around for part two where we get into that part. Hee 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 hee. We're trying not to give too many things away, but we suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the puzzles this time around. The Nornir chests are a lot more varied, actually. There are uh, there's a, 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 puzzles that involve basically all of your weapons one of the nornir chest puzzles it involves using the blades to mm -hmm. uh, light braziers on fire which is cool and there's another one that uses the other weapon the bells return and they're much more forgiving this time i've noticed i haven't noticed that we've been trying for one for like 10 minutes and we gave up god <laughs> i hated the bells in the last game that pissed me off uh this one it, it is a little bit more forgiving but if you're still having trouble with it there's a setting for that you can go into settings and you can actually change the the puzzle timing and make it last a little bit longer what the fuck oh yeah Chuck? no there's a bunch of accessibility options in this game also if you want to map quick turn to something that that and, and it's because in this game down actually uh has another feature it's actually your bare hand and then later when you get the third weapon it's your third weapon 
Uh, so it's no longer used for quick turn. To do a quick turn, the default method is to hold down L1, the shield button, and press down, which is fine because most of the time when you're trying to quick turn in battle, you're going to want your shield up anyway. So that's fine. But if you want to map it, you, uh, one of the more obvious choices that you can do is you can, you can map quick turn to a swipe on the touchpad. What? That's cool. I didn't know how they were going to element that because, I mean, the PS4 and PS5 does have the touchpad, but yeah. I don't know. Go um, check out the settings. I noticed Um, I noticed that the. It, I wanted to mention this because this is a uh, this is one thing that PlayStation has that Xbox doesn't and the Xbox players don't players don't get to experience, Um, which I mean, if you're listening to this and you don't have a PlayStation, obviously you need to get one to be able to play this game. But um, like in Last of Us, you know, you can tap your controller. Um, for your flashlight um, in Horizon Zero Dawn, you can hear Aloy's focus and for Horizon Forbidden West, you can hear Aloy's focus in this game. You can hear the chains on the doggies. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it mine. I have it turned down a little bit, but you can hear just tink, 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 tink when they're running. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Yeah, there's there's a few effects that are, are mapped to the, the sounds on the on the controller, which is cool. I, I think the Wii took advantage of a lot of that, too. So the Xbox doesn't have uh, speakers on the controller? Mm-mm. No, you don't have any speakers on your controller. It's just a basic controller. I have one actually right in front of me. It's just bare bones. Interesting. I, I didn't know yeah. that. But, yeah, I like that they take advantage of that. In fact, you can use all four touchpad directions. You just have to map them. You have to go into settings. If you haven't, like, gone into settings in this game and... I would recommend doing that. Take a look around and see what you might want to tweak because there are a lot of different options and that can make things easier. If you don't like the way that the the weapons work in this game with, with ch- uh, switching to barehanded, you can switch it back to the way it was in the last game, which I actually hmm. ended up doing because uh, whenever you only have two weapons, it makes sense to have one uh, button what that that can switch to barehanded so i can just hit down to quick to switch to it quickly but when you have three weapons and you're already having to hit down twice to switch to barehanded anyways you might as well switch it back to the old system and just press any of the d-pad buttons to switch back to barehanded no matter which weapon you're on that's that was my experience anyway so that's one that i switched around and that's i smart as fuck yeah. <laughs> I did notice um, on the skill tree, because I don't know if you're bad about this. I'm really bad about it. I suck at pressing triangle to get the axe back. There is now a thing in the skill tree that you can use to where it returns the axe to you and creates an attack. Love that, because I forget about the fucking axe all the time. Lord. Yeah. They also fixed uh, the, uh, you know, that the light and heavy attacks you can do while you're barehanded and he'll summon the axe and do them. In the last game, it was while you were holding L2 and you, so while you were aiming and sometimes you didn't even realize that you didn't have the axe. I mean, I had this issue all the time. So I'd go and I'd try to throw my axe at somebody and then Kratos would just do a melee attack instead. Now the way that it's, it's mapped to L1. So it's like doing a runic attack. I still get into trouble sometimes where I think I have a weapon equipped and then I try to do a runic attack and then I ended up I end up just recalling the axe and just doing an attack. But at least it's somewhat more in the ballpark of what I'm trying to do. So It's part of my attempt. <laughs> oh, uh, the shield. There are a lot more shields in this game and they all have different abilities. So you uh, actually break the guardian shield early on in the game. And when you do get it back repaired, uh, the old shield 
combat is exactly the way that it was before. And I actually ended up switching back to that because it's what I'm used to. I like being able to reflect projectile attacks and I like the counter attacks. But the other shields have useful features. Um, they'll like like they'll store energy and release it over time. Or, uh, and there's even uh, rons that you can put on your shields. And there's a whole new mechanic involving uh, uh, parrying whenever you see uh, two blue rings and you have to double tap L1. And that's usually the only way to get out of that attack because you you can't block it, you can't parry it normally, and it, they're damn near impossible to get out of range of. So when you see those two blue rings, LL, <laughs> L1, L1. <laughs> L1, L1. I had difficulty with that sometimes, though. Sometimes. <laughs> I suck like, at recalling the axe. Use a shield bash, brother! And I'm like, I'm trying! <laughs> yeah, no, for, I just, like, and, like, I'll just be sitting there playing, and Alan and I do not play this game without each other. Like, that is, like, considered cheating. Like, we, we don't. I don't Fair turn enough. on the PlayStation if he's not home. It's like, it's like our shows. Like, we don't watch our shows without each other. We don't play God of War without each other. Like, he has really fallen in love with the series, and I, I can't wait for him to talk about it, because he hasn't really been into storyline games until he met me. So this is a new thing for him. But every time I'm playing, he'll just reach over and press the triangle for me because I forget. And I'm like, thanks, babe. You're a G. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Love we're that. at a little over an hour now. I think we've gotten into as much as we can talk about without getting into spoilers. I'm trying so hard. We tried. <laughs> but stick around for part two by uh, Christmas, probably Christmas Eve. We'll have our uh, God of War part two episode out. That's where we're going to go into full spoiler territory. We're going to talk about all the stories, content, uh, the new weapons and uh, playable characters and just everything that God of War Ragnarok has to offer because it deserves it. This is a game that deserves all of the attention and whoo. Yeah, I am fucking loving it so far. I have gotten maybe a little past halfway through the game. Kind of hard to tell when you don't know how long the game actually is. But I, I think have it's been... like almost thirty hours. I don't know something like that. I have been to all nine realms, so and and uh, I I have seen a lot of shit go down. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, the, the story should take if you're beelining it somewhere between twenty to thirty hours, but you can easily spend you know 40 to 60 hours 100 percenting this game and i have been doing that i've actually been going out and kind of clearing out every area in all the nine realms uh one of the things that i really like about this game that we we haven't touched on yet is the fact that the last game was so focused around midgard and that was kind of your primary area the other realms mm -hmm. were just kind of like these short excursions that you went through uh through the story or for a particular side quest a lot of the exploration happens now between all of the realms which is really nice so, uh, yeah, Svartalfheim and Vanaheim in particular are huge areas that there's a lot to do in. So you, you there, I'm actually happy that the exploration is kind of split up more that way. But anything yeah. else to add, Megan? Oh, I, I, guys, I'm so in love. I'm taken away by this game. Oh, my God. Y'all need to play it. It's not it's not a yes or a no. Like, you need it for Christmas. You need it for something. Just, just play it. Okay? Like... I, I've been waiting for this game and this is, you know, like I, like I said in the beginning of the episode, this is, this is like a mini anniversary for me. Cause this is the first game that I talked about on the podcast. And this is, you know, one of the games that I've always, the series that I've always loved to talk about. And if you're wanting to play God of War, you just need to do it. Okay. Like we've already talked about one. You, you need to be caught up with the program. Okay. 
No, you don't need to be like Ash with with God of War and be like two shows behind. You don't need to be like a game behind. Okay, you just need to you just need to full send play the game. Um, I'm only like a, maybe a quarter of the way through the game. I'm in love with it. I can't stop thinking about it. I just oh my god, I'm loving this adventure of Kratos and Atreus, and I'm scared for the ending. I don't want to lose Kratos. You know, I'm I'm so scared for that. I don't want that to happen. I can't handle that because i love kratos um and yeah um i don't know what else to say i'm just so excited like i don't even have words right now like i'm having so much fun that like it's just i'm so happy i'm so happy with this game i'm so happy with christopher judge and santa monica studios and god of war in general i just i just can't wait to get back into it again i can't wait to keep playing hell yeah hell yeah yeah, no, uh, this game, like we said before, I mean, it, it's been consuming me. It's like every bit of like free time I have where I'm not doing something else, It's it's been playing this game. So I am having a blast with it. I think my daughter is a little getting a little annoyed with me because I keep <laughs> saying, girl, come here, girl, <laughs> girl. No, I'm just kidding. Child. <laughs> I feel like that's something that Alan will do to our future children. And they're not going to understand the context until they're older. And they're going to be like, what? What do you want? <laughs> right, right. But yeah, stick around for part two. Uh, and actually, next time on Collateral Gaming, we are going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. So that's going to be our numbered episode next month, two-part episode. The 3DS sequel to A Link to the Past. And a game that I actually have a lot of fond memories of. I think it's one of the first Zelda games I... 100%ed. So, and I remember spinning hours upon hours on that stupid fucking baseball minigame. Oh my god, I hate that shit. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm going to say that a million times in that episode. Fuck that shit. <laughs> but that's what's coming up next time. Maybe a bonus round before we do that. And if uh, I can get the equipment, I'd love to start doing uh, Patreon content again. And if you're not yes. a Patreon, if you're not on Patreon, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to us which you're not because we don't have any patrons right now you should because we have exclusive let's play video game commentaries there and there's actually quite a bit of content with what we've already released so even though we're not producing any at the moment there's still quite a bit to get through so i recommend that you can find collateral gaming wherever you get your podcasts uh hit us up on facebook instagram or twitter as long as twitter is still a thing i'm also on tiktok in case the twitter shit fails and falls and just (laughs) plummets out of the sky yeah yeah i mean it seems to still be existing at least so there's that but i strongly suspect that it will turn to shit without enough it's it's like the rest of us in this recession just simply existing yeah yeah we'll see We'll see what the man-child billionaire is going to do with it. With his random apostrophe child. <laughs> but, yeah, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Stick around for part two by Christmas and our Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds episode. That being said, I've been Ashley Chancellor. And I have been Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming, and we are out. Goodbye!
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.